You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review Senior Editor Daniel Horowitz. And along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. Welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz. In the house on this dreary Monday afternoon of July 18th. Um, where has this month gone? You know, it's one of those days where it's kind of a quiet Monday, as is often the case in politics before things heat up, but particularly quiet over the summer. Um, because John McCain, you know, God should give him, you know, strength and health, although not in the U.S. Senate. He does need to retire. But um, because he had that surgery, they pushed off the health care vote. So things are kind of quieter. It's dreary out there, and everyone's kind of waiting. And it got me thinking, there really is so much going on. We have a lot of articles up at Conservative Review. There's a lot of things I didn't even have time to write about, and I'll talk about a little bit here today. But I was thinking of the question, how can we fight if conservative media fails to inform you know, you, you listen, you hear the nonsense, the petty politics, the Russia, Don Jr., all this stuff. And what is actually important, what's going on, and particularly particularly what Trump and Republicans are doing, which is something we could influence. You're not going to influence how the media acts. You're not going to influence how the Democrats act. But Republican voters could, to a certain extent, put pressure on Republican politicians. But how how could voters put pressure on them? If they're not informed by people who make it their livelihood to, to inform, you know, one of the ways I justify my livelihood, because frankly, many days I, I really consider just shutting this down and doing something else, um, or maybe working in quasi policy, but in the private sector, and just instead of doing it from a public policy standpoint, trying to influence it in the culture, um, is that, you know, people need to know what's going on. And if I don't, publicized a lot of this stuff, what goes on in Congress, what goes on the administration, what goes on the courts. People don't even know what to be upset about. You know, people are upset about what Fox News and Rush Limbaugh tells them to be upset about and the the Drudge Report. And a lot of times, you know, it's just not where it's at. And there's a number of things going on that are so important that demonstrate the problems with this administration, with the Republican Congress, that you know, the conservative media is just not even focusing on. And, and, uh, you know, they're just focusing on nonsense. If we don't raise awareness as to what's going on, how are we ever going to even confront, confront the problem, much less solve it? Now, you know, first off, I don't want to talk about healthcare much today because I want to get to it later this week. I, I hope either later this week or next week to have on um, at least one individual that is solving the healthcare problem in the private sector. And I just wanted to give it just a basic sense of just what's going on here. The, everyone's asking me about this Cruz Amendment. The, the issue is not the Cruz Amendment. The issue is the Republican healthcare bill in totality. The Cruz Amendment doesn't fundamentally alter the fact that this is a more insolvent version of Obamacare that we're going to get blamed for. It's going to get blamed upon the free 
free market. It's going to get blamed upon repeal. It's going to cr- create even worse adverse election. But more importantly, it doesn't even solve the core problem. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a big article on this, hopefully later this week. I'm going to talk about this at a later date because I, I don't want to get bogged down. I know when I say it, I don't want to get bogged down. I want to get to other stuff. I wind up getting bogged down. Um, but the problem is health care. Right? We're, we're trying to fix health insurance. But health insurance, is, in many ways, is the cancer on health care. What has driven up the price of health care on the supply side? Now, there's many other factors. Medical, medical malpractice, government regulations on hospitals, government created monopolies, the AMA created monopolies. There's a lot of problems going on. But the single biggest problem is that health care doesn't work like a market. The, the hallmark of a market is price transparency. And then you could have competition. And certainly nowadays with the internet, that's how you drive down prices. That's how you force. And, and it's, it's not just the fact that health insurance and government-sponsored health insurance and government, you know, both public programs like Medicare and Medicaid and then, you know, the government's uh, tax exclusion for employer-based, making it that the employer pays your insurance and that insurance is no longer insurance. And then what Obamacare came along made it even worse. You know, not only has that made healthcare unaffordable for your average person where you can't just go to the doctor for most things, pay what you need, everyone does it, it's cheap, and then the remainder of it, what you can't afford, catastrophic, that's why you have insurance that operates like anything else, that you get the price, you submit a claim, um, and then they pay only for those things, much like car insurance, homeowner's insurance, obviously you got life insurance and many other things. But there's also... The quality of healthcare, the delivery, the fact that there's been no innovation for the most part in delivery. It's because the consumer doesn't exist. The consumer is cut out. And I want to focus in the coming days, and you're seeing it, the the health insurance lobbyists, how the government insurance venture socialist sponsored cartel has destroyed healthcare in America and how we could totally bypass insurance. That's what I want to work on. You know, we've been trying to fix insurance. And don't get me wrong. You do need a certain element of insurance in order to have health care, in order that everything else be out of pocket. You know, you cap it and have the catastrophic. The, the problem is we don't have it because of Obamacare. We're trying to reinstate that, and we just can't do it. I explain why, you know, in my article last week, I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes, um, why the Cruise Amendment will not work fundamentally in changing that. So, the you know, and in conjunction with everything else bad in the bill, just not going to work. Again, if you're going to ask me why Cruz is doing what he's doing, look, he's in a tough position. You know, he's sick of falling on a sword, being the guy always pressured. Let someone else step up to the plate. I'm not defending it. I'm just, you know, maybe I'll get to that in a later podcast as well, more insight into that. I, I wish he wouldn't be doing what he's doing, but, you know, it's not that he's turned on us. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. We need to establish a beachhead. On healthcare, a beachhead in the free market. The problem is, it's a vicious cycle. Everything, one thing leads to another. One government distortion, subsidy, mandate, regulation, either on the supply side of healthcare and health insurance, further creates a monopoly, further distorts the pricing, further creates a need for a subsidy, which in itself further inflates the price, and it's a vicious cycle. I think anyone, you know, we have the smartest audience. And by the way, you know, keep your comments coming. I really appreciate 
some of your ideas, really have the, some of the smartest people in this audience. Um, I don't need to tell you, you guys all know what's wrong with healthcare, why it's wrong, and who's the source of the problem. The sticky issue for us was how do you turn back the clock? Meaning, you know, I, I wrote an article identifying 20 things that we could do. And, and the question is, you know, how do you do them? And, you know, each thing is politically so hard. And, you know, to get the prices back to where they should be and get the market functioning. And, you know, at this point, we can't fix insurance. It's not happening. The Republican Party refuses to do it. So, you know what? Is there a way we could just get it all, all around this and, and in some ways ride the jujitsu? I mean, ride the Obamacare cancer into jujitsu and actually serve our needs. In many respects, health insurance, not the way it should have been, but the way it became in practice, wound up being a cancer on health care. Right? That's what destroyed healthcare in America. It cut the consumer out. Um, it's it's the insurer, government, and both, and they're all in cahoots with each other, um, cutting out the consumer. So, you know, there's just a report out. Hospitals are making a fortune. Insurers are making a fortune. Prices are higher than ever, and they're all propped up by government. Consumer is completely cut out of the equation. How do you put consumers back in the driver's seat and just say, you know what? Hey, hey, you know what, guys? Insurance companies, go have your Obamacare. You want it? Keep it. We'll just bypass insurance altogether. Now, again, eventually you are going to need catastrophic, but is there a backdoor way? Is there a way we could land our fleet on the backside of the island, the backside of the mountain, and go in the opposite order? And that's what I want to propose one mandate, one idea. Mandating at a federal level, and I know it's unconstitutional, but every word of what we've been doing, what we're continuing to do, and what the, even the Republican bill, much less what the Democrats want to do on health care, is unconstitutional. So I'm going to have one mandate, just one mandate. Every health care provider, from physician to outpatient clinic to um, pharmacists, and certainly, certainly hospitals, you must post your prices you must post your prices online and you have to charge any patient the price that was listed at the time the service was rendered and send the bill directly to the consumer not the insurance company to be clear if we did the other 19 things on my list if we actually fixed the government, you know, tax exclusion for employers that made health care paid by a fourth party. And we fixed Medicare and Medicaid and repealed Obamacare and all the mandates and the regulations and the it would naturally flow that you wouldn't have to mandate it. Naturally the consumer would be back in charge. You're competing for organic consumer demand rather than for government subsidies for insurance, which is propped up by government. Um and then they would have to do this. But Again, I, we, 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 that, that's like trying to take back Gaza block by block. It's just not happening. We have no choice. To me, let's do it at the back end. Force price, transpar price transparency. The, the dominoes will fall from there. Then, especially in conjunction with insurance being destroyed because of Obamacare, you know, insurance was a cancer to healthcare and Obamacare was a cancer to insurance. Cancer to the cancer. So you know what? <laughs> When you can't beat it, join it. Let it destroy insurance. People start paying out of pocket, 
and then insurance watch their heads explode. Their whole racket is the fact that consumers are cut out and they negotiate these silent deals and then engage in fraudulent racketeering, sending people these phony bills. If the consumer had to pay it, that would naturally force insurance into a corner that it would only serve catastrophic. It would create an, a consumer demand and a bigger, bigger political push to repeal the mandates of Obamacare. That's the back way of doing it. And then that's the way to cut out Medicaid because then it, doctors, you know, on the one hand, they won't be getting as much. But then on the other hand, you know, and we're going to bring on physicians who do this. And if you are one in the audience, please let me know. We could talk about this. Who, you know, the, the, the doctors are happier. The patients are happier. They cut out overhead. They cut out hours. Um, they cut out some of the just the, the the pain of dealing with it. You have guaranteed income. And then you know what? Then you stop taking insurance. You stop taking Medicaid. You stop taking Medicare. R- rather than us trying to grab the bull by the horns, run into the buzzsaw of pol- uh, political demagoguery. Oh, you're throwing people off the... Very simple law. Post your damn prices, right? The PYDP Act. Post your damn prices act. And again, I don't want to blame the doctors. It's not their fault. They're, they're, they're not posting it because there's nothing to figure out. What is the price? Because No one knows what the price is. There is no price because there's no consumer demand. It's all government insurers. But if, if you, again, we have no choice. Everything's being status. So if I have to be status in one way, this is the way to do it. And then, that, and then watch the dominoes fall. Insurance, Medicare, Medicaid. That's how you bring down the price of health care. And improve the quality of the delivery of health care. Spawn competition. Everyone has to show your work. You have to show your prices. Oh my gosh, i got to look over my shoulder now. You know? Imagine if, uh, you know, a car repair shop wanted to start charging $500 for an oil change. Well, you look over your shoulder, my guy next, next door will charge less. Put you out of business. Let, let the games begin. Let the competition begin. Price transparency is the glue of consumer demand. Certainly nowadays with the internet, consumer demand is the glue of, of free markets. That, that's what you need to have a market. We don't have a market. There is no healthcare market. Again, I still believe in trying to fix insurance, meaning not that insurance should be a primary payment, but so you could have cheap catastrophic and then pay everything outside of pocket. But they don't. They don't let us. So anyway, this is the plan. This is what I want to talk about in the future. I want to get into some of these details. I'm going to have articles. But before I blow half my podcast on Obamacare, I want to get back to some of the other stuff I've been talking about. You know, late Thursday night, the House of Representatives passed the fiscal year 2018 NDAA, National Defense Authorization Act. This is the bill that funds, not just funds the military, but more importantly, authorizes the policies of the military. This is the opportunity for Congress to assert some of the will of the people on what exactly are we doing overseas, the missions, and most importantly, the social engineering. We talk a lot about the spending in the military, the the need for more hardware, the need to pay our soldiers. And look, the budget's one issue. But even more important than the budget are the policies, the social engineering, the, the women in combat, the Islamization of the military, the um, persecution of, of, of Christians in the military, the um, transgenderism in the military. So, and, and again, this is what you don't hear on talk radio and on most of these phony conservative websites. 
here's what went on. And not only is this an extremely important issue that conservatives need to know about, but it's emblematic of how far to the left our body politic has moved. If you would have told me 10 years ago that the House of Representatives is going to vote on an amendment to the defense bill, well, two, two amendments actually, when juxtaposed to each other, do the following. Makes it the purview of the military to fight, to come back with, come up with a strategic plan to combat global warming. And also to not, not just bring in transgenders to the military, but to fund castration operations and, and hormone therapy in the military. So I would have told you that you know, maybe three, four of the most radical Democrats would vote for it. Every single Democrat voted for both amendments, the global, the one to make it the purview of the military to fight global warming. And um, I'm just trying to get the get the roll call votes here because I, I don't have them in front of me. I'm going to link to it in, in, in the show notes here. But, um, you know, basically it was something like 46 Republicans joined every Democrat in the global warming amendment, and then 24 Republicans joined in the transgender amendment. Now, that's bad enough. I mean, it, it, just first absorb that. Absorb that, that during a time of war, it, you know, you got Kim Jong-un, Kim, Kim Jong you got Russia, you got China, you got Iran, you got the Islamic nutcases, and we're having sex change operations and hormone therapy in the military and then having them divert resources to fight the freaking weather. Every Democrat and this block of Republicans. But it's worse. You might say, well, Daniel, but you know, you see 80% of Republicans voted right. Don't don't be fooled. This is what we call hope yes, vote no, or in this case, hope no, vote yes. Where all the mainstream Republicans leadership, the committee chairman, they didn't want this to pass. They privately ensured it didn't. Notice how they all failed. The conservative amendments failed very um, – um, it was very close. They made sure it didn't pass because the amendments were, in other words, to defund this exchange operations, to defund this global warming initiative. So the amendments were from conservatives, and they they didn't whip at all. So now look at what's going on with healthcare. They are beating the heck out of these people. I mean, remember what in the House they picked off one Freedom Caucus guy after another. They pretty much did everything to these people except for put them on the rack and do water torture. Um, I mean, they they just beat them up. How come when it comes time to uphold the Republican Party platform and have a conservative initiative in the NDAA, you don't see a whip operation? Because they didn't want it to pass. Now, they didn't want the flack from their conservatives, so they figured they could have their cake and eat it too. They could go and ensure that the vote goes down because enough Republicans will do it openly, but you'll hide behind those 24 to 50 Republicans. Oh, well, they did it. But really, most Republicans, it's really 24 to 50 Republicans only wanted it to, to pass. The other ones just took a free vote. Folks, this is how far to the left our body politic has moved. Our military, I mean, just look at the juxtaposition of, of these two issues. That, that human beings immutably change the weather is settled science. But that an X chromosome is an X and a Y chromosome is a Y is evidently fudgeable, not, not, a, not settled science. 
I mean, that would be bad enough if you pushed policy in the abstract that reflected such mental illness and insanity. But to have that in the military, every Democrat and a number of Republicans and the rest of the Republicans, frankly, couldn't care. They were indifferent and just wanted to get rid of it, dispense of this vote. Where have you heard about this in the conservative media? Nothing. And and by the way, the, the transgender stuff, I know Mattis has slowed it down a little bit. But, you know, he's been horrible on this. Um, you know, there's a, gosh, I got to make a note of this. Is it a Daily Caller article? Um, here, let me just write this down so I remember to put this out there. But training women in the military to get used to, I mean, I have no way of saying this other than just saying it bluntly, um, men with penises in their showers. I mean, could, could you imagine that? I, I, I'm just speechless here. I'm left speechless. This is what we have here. That's what they're training. And, and, you know, this is not one or two days into the Trump administration where you still have the leftovers of Obama. This is six months after Obama and, you know, his defense secretary, Ash Carter, are gone. The, mo- the most radical thing imaginable... It's radical enough outside the military, but to, to make your military like this during a time of war. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But but I'm not done yet. There was a third amendment. Third amendment. Introduced by Representative Trent Franks from Arizona. And this amendment would have mandated that the Pentagon study the threat doctrine of Islamism. In other words, to look at the relationship between Islamic doctrine and terrorism. Because we all know terrorism is a tactic. It's not the enemy. Terrorism, it's like saying karate. It's like saying shooting, stabbing, right? It's a tactic. It's a weapon. It's not the problem. The problem is Islamic supremacism. How do you send our people out there to fight and told unless you A, identify the enemy, and then B, study their threat doctrine. Who are we fighting? What is it we're fighting? Everything we're doing in the Middle East, and I have an article on this I'm going to put in our show notes, that screwed up getting involved in this Islamic civil war to fight ISIS, but then you know, on behalf of al-Nusra, fight ISIS in Iraq and, and give the land into the hands of Iran. You know, It's all because we think ISIS is the problem. ISIS is not the problem. It's Islamic supremacism. They're all the problem. So when they're fighting each other, you don't get involved. But we're not going to understand that until our military studies this. But think about the juxtaposition. Think, so I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I jumped ahead of myself. So anyway, like the other ones, it was a close vote and it went down and it was something like uh, 27 Republicans joined every Democrat. Same deal. In, in most of these votes, there was pretty much the same overlap, you know, Again, I'll link to my articles where I have the roll call votes. Juxtapose these three policies. So you're telling me it's the job of the military to give castration operations. It's the job of the military to have hormone um, therapy, hormone replacement therapy, and uh, have the transgender brigades and and women Navy SEALs uh, to scare away uh, North Korea and, and the Islamists. 
It's the job of the military to fight the, the weather. But it's not the job of the military to study the Islamic threat doctrine. Folks, you, you won't hear this anywhere else. Moving on, we have the courts. The courts are just insane. You know, I have my articles out on that as well. The judge in Hawaii, overturning the Supreme Court, by the way, the district judge. No, even distant relatives have to come in. Everyone has to come in. And that judge in Michigan, overturning 1,400 deportations of criminal aliens, including rapists and murderers. No one says anything. No one wants to push judicial reform like I do. You have another article I have up. I, I don't even have time to get through all this. Where the, um, you know, when, when, they, when they had time, when, when they weren't busy pushing transgenderism. So the House Appropriations Committee, they're marking up all the annual spending bills, which, by the way, we're going to get screwed on that. Um, so with the bill that there's, there's a bill called Financial Services General Government. So it funds the Treasury Department, but it also funds um, – it just deals with general personnel issues of the federal, federal government. So a Democrat proposed an amendment to allow Obama's DACA amnesty, the people that he illegally amnestied, to seek employment with the federal government, to seek government jobs. I mean imagine that. Well, now you'll tell me, well, Daniel, Republicans control the House. The Republicans have a majority on the House Appropriations Committee, so of course it was voted down. No. What happened was the committee chairman, Freelingheisen, Rodney Freelingheisen from New Jersey, big rhino. So this guy, he controls the processing committee as the chairman. He refused to conduct a roll call vote. So he just asked for the yeas and nays. And actually, there were more nays. The Republicans shouted louder that this is what I've heard from my sources. And still, he said, the A's have it. The A's have it. Then when one member asked for a recorded vote, he dismissed it. So he wanted them to, you know, they, they say that illegal immigrants are undocumented and remain in the shadows. So they wanted the amnesty supporters here to be undocumented and remain in the shadows and not have a recorded vote to bring them out of the shadows. This is a big deal. Now, you might say, oh, Freelingheisen's a rhino from New Jersey. But this gets back to Donald Trump. Why is he keeping the DACA program? This is only relevant, meaning you're going to have the courts and Congress and anyone else expand upon DACA as long as Trump keeps it. Trump is keeping it. How does he not get rid of it? I'll tell you how he doesn't get rid of it, because there's no pressure from the conservative movement for him to get rid of it. Why is there no pressure from the conservative movement for him to get rid of it? Because most conservatives aren't even aware of what's going on because the stupid conservative media that's, that's championed by some of these phony talk radio show hosts, Fox Porn News, Wall Street Journal, you name it, these pathetic websites and blogs, they w will not mention a word about this. Will not mention a word. And by the way, now that we're on the topic of immigration, Trump administration is allowing 15,000 more visas, H2B visas. These are the temporary seasonal. These are the um, low-skilled, very low-skilled visas. Now, I know Trump has been very inconsistent and to a certain extent maybe even consistent in support of H1B visas. Okay, fine. They're supposedly high-skilled, even though they're really just run-of-the-mill bachelor degrees in computers, but whatever. Not rocket science. But these are low-skilled. He said he doesn't want any more. 
And what happens, by the way, is the reason why these programs are so damaging is because we don't have visa exit entry, visa tracking. So they wind up all staying here. They don't go home. It's not temporary. Um, And then guess what? They have kids here. And guess what? Under our erroneous interpretation of the 14th Amendment and statute, they're recognized as citizens. So guess what? They get welfare. You know, they all say, oh, you know, they can't get welfare, but they do because they get welfare on behalf of their American born kids that are erroneously regarded as kids. So that's what's wrong with a lot of these low skilled guest worker programs. Um, even if you agree with them in the abstract, which I pretty much do, don't, um, but certainly before you, you know, reform welfare, birthright citizenship and have visa tracking, it's just it's it's irrelevant. But but no, no one cares all these things I'm giving over to you. Another article I'll link to in the show notes. Um, this is from our buddy Fred Flights, who's one of the four, foremost experts on the Iran deal. McMaster outlines Hillary Clinton-like approach to certification of Iran nuclear deal. They're certifying the Iran deal, even though even though Iran they are buying, they're overshooting their uranium limits, their heavy water limits. They're actually trading heavy water in return for uranium from Russia. Um, they're they're uh, not opening access to the places they need to, to the weapons inspectors, whole bunch of things certifying just like Hillary Clinton that they are abiding by the terms of the deal. But Russia, Don Jr., uh, Trump, make America great again, MAGA, MAGA. You won't hear this anywhere else. We're never going to heal our political system until we know what's wrong with it. We're never going to know what's wrong with it until we raise awareness as to what is actually important that goes on on a daily basis. My, my pledge to you is that I'm going to continue from my end doing what's right. I'm going to try to work every day to find out what's going on, what's important, and give it over to you. But I need your help. I need you to support our sponsors. I need you to subscribe to CRTV. And by the way, that's how you'll see a TV version of what we do Issue promo code Horowitz, support Patriot Supply, get your 140 meals for just 99 bucks, ready-made to always have. It's always good to have a supply for a rainy day. Go to preparewithcr.com. We're going to have some other very important sponsors I'm very proud to support that actually tie into policy. Um, very excited to announce in the coming coming weeks. We're going to be all over healthcare. We're going to be all over the the aforementioned issues we mentioned we're going to have this in the show notes thank you all for listening god bless have a great what rest of the week we'll see you towards the end this has been another episode of the conservative conscience